Welcome to Canada's National Bible Hour. This is Brian Albrecht, your host and president of Mission Go. Today our texts are taken from Psalm 121. Verse 1 says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. And verse 8 of that same psalm says, The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Aren't these comforting verses to realize that the Lord for those of us who are believers and are redeemed by his precious blood, it's the Lord who watches over us. He's the one that protects us. He's with us. He's promised never to forsake us. He's always present with us, no matter where we go or what circumstance we fit. We, he's always with us, no matter what our circumstance are or whatever persecution or problem that we're facing. He's always there. He's always with us. We can't get away from him. What a great comfort that is to know that the Lord is watching over our affairs and He's meeting our needs and He's helping us day by day. And he This is Mission Moments. This is Dennis Campbell standing in for Dr. Albrecht this month. Today in our studio, we have our communications director, Melissa Vandermeer, and she's in charge of our administrative services and communicates with many of our missionaries around the world and various projects. And I've asked her to stop in today to talk about what's happening with the Bible program in Africa. Melissa? Thank you so much, Dennis. Thanks for having me. Melissa, please share with us the background of the recent request that we've mailed out regarding the pastor's ministry in this country and how we're responding. Awesome. Well, I would love to do that today. We got a really special request recently from a pastor, James, in Malawi, Africa. And he reached directly out to Canada's National Bible Hour, and he requested urgent uh, that we would send Bibles for new believers to whom he ministers. James is a traveling pastor and overseer who goes to remote areas preaching the gospel 
baptizing new believers, and he also provides spiritual and administrative oversight. While visiting numerous congregations on Sundays and throughout the week, he also shows a Christian film about Jesus. I was speaking to him and he was telling me how he leads discipleship and leadership training, and his ministry is really devoted to sharing God's word in the hard-to-reach areas. That's what's unique about his ministry, and he is so passionate about fulfilling the Great Commission. So what are the goals of this ministry? Well, primarily he focuses on evangelism of the lost, and he also focuses on discipleship. A major part of his ministry is also forming church plants and providing compassionate care. What's really encouraging is that after speaking with him on numerous occasions, he really teaches doctrinally sound principles and truths that are in line with God's word and echo Canada's National Bible Hour's passion and mission. That's encouraging to be reminded that God's truth is going forth throughout the world. And What are some of the stories of God's work? Well, I'm excited to share with you that just in this past year alone, over 1,000 locals have come to know the Lord, and so far, 420 of them have been baptized. Pastor James goes out to each location to follow up and disciple them. Dennis, it's really hard to even tell you where to begin. There are countless stories of transformed lives, but I do have two special ones I'd love to share. Sure, go ahead. Mr. M used to be a witch doctor. And while Pastor James was traveling village to village, he brought the Jesus film into Mr. M's community. When he heard the message of Jesus, Mr. M's heart was so grieved before the Lord, and God freed him from the bondage of sin. Ever since that day, he gave his life to Jesus, and now he's not only a devoted Christian, but he's very active in the church. The second one that I'd love to share with you is on another trip, Pastor James preached a sermon about the good news of Jesus Christ, and a woman named Elizabeth immediately came up to the front, said, how do I repent of my sin? And she gave her life to the Lord. Now she lives a transformed life to the glory of God. She had actually been a prostitute and was an alcoholic for years. You know, each month I listen and I read um, stories coming back from the listeners of Canada's National Bible Hour. Many can relate to the spiritual transformation that they have either discovered for themselves or through family members who have turned their lives to Christ. Paul reminds us, and such were some of you, but you have been washed and sanctified. With such a great harvest as Pastor James is experiencing, there is such a great need for discipleship. So, how do we here in North America bring Bibles to Malawi, Africa? Well, that's a wonderful question. Right now, they are in desperate need of Bibles simply because uh, these villagers who are being born again are such baby Christians. When Pastor James goes around to certain villages, um, he notices that time has lapsed between his visits, a couple weeks and these, these people need Bibles to be able to understand not just the milk, but the meat of the word. And the beautiful part is that the logistics of this entire project has been completely worked out. So the Bible Society in country that Mission Go and Canada's National Bible Hour is working directly with is only 26 miles away from where Pastor James lives. This was a huge concern that we had, and lo and behold, he's right next door. He's going to be able to drive to pick up the Bibles, 
So the biggest thing right now is that the Bibles cost $18.50 Canadian and $15 U.S. And why it's a little um, high is because I'm going to start off that again. Right now, the Bibles range from 1850 Canadian to 15 U.S. Well, thank you for sharing this. If any of you hear this message today and would like to help, pl please visit the Mission Go slash Bibles 2022 or send a check to our office and write on the subject Bibles for Malawi, Africa. If you have any questions, please contact us at our toll-free number at 866-483-5787. Thank you for stopping in today, Melissa. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to Canada's National Bible Hour. As you are aware, this is a listener-supported program, and we cannot continue to be on the air without the support of our faithful listeners and those who pray for us often. This month we're offering a wonderful booklet entitled Prayer. I've uh, read a lot of books on prayer over my lifetime and this pamphlet I believe is the best thing that I've seen on the subject. It covers so many different things. It covers the idea of the basics of how to pray but more than that it talks about does God hear all our prayers? Why is prayer important? What about unanswered prayers? What about when God says no? There are three things we need to know before we pray is that God cares for us, that God hears our prayers, and that you can pray with confidence. And I think this pamphlet will help you pray in confidence. I found myself as I was reading through this booklet, because it has over a hundred prayer references, I was praying constantly because there were areas of my life that I've not been praying for or with or to. And uh, it really encouraged me to pray in a much broader spectrum than I have in the past, and I highly recommend this to you. Please write into our broadcast with the request to get the booklet on prayer. To order your copy, please write to Canada's National Bible Hour, Box 1210, St. Catharines, Ontario, L2R7A7, or in the United States at Box 2010, Buffalo, New York, 14231. I'm sure you'll be happy if you write in to get this booklet. It'll be a great blessing to you. Today's message is from Dr. Fred Hartman, continuing his series in Revelation. Printed copies are available upon request. Today we bring our eighth message on the subject of we close to the end time events. We will be looking at the present day spiritual conditions that we find in the country of Israel. What we're about to share may surprise some of you, but I'll try to present it as I've seen it. My prayer is that this evaluation would not be taken the wrong way, for I have a great love for the Jewish people and for the land that God gave them over 1900 years before the birth of Christ. Most people have the idea that Jewish people are very religious, they feel that the nation of Israel is very religious because they have seen pictures of Jewish men with the long curls, a yarmulke, a prayer shawl. However, that's not the norm. The Jewish people are not different from America. 
where a lot of people go to church on Christmas and Easter. They will usually celebrate Passover with a Seder dinner in their homes and recognize other holidays. Annually, they have to buy their seats in a synagogue, even though they might not attend services very often. There's a saying in Israel that if you go to Jerusalem to pray, to Tiberias to play, and to Tel Aviv to pay, some of the most raunchy music I've ever heard was wafting across the Sea of Galilee one night. They now have huge farms growing nothing but marijuana. And Tel Aviv is known as the gay capital of the world. This gives you an idea of how secular the nation of Israel is. In spite of these, perhaps negative points, the nation is based on its religious heritage. The heritage of the nation comes from God, through the lines of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God formed the nation to be the recipients of his word, the keepers of his word, and the messengers of his word to the world. He led them and blessed them with their greatest days coming under the reign of King David and Solomon. You would think they would have blessed and honored the Lord for all his goodness. Instead, led by their leaders, as a nation, they turned to worship the gods of the heathen idolatry practiced by their surrounding nations. In his grace, the Lord sent prophet after prophet to warn them of his coming judgment if they did not repent. Still, they refused to listen, and God's judgment fell, causing them to go into captivity. Centuries later, God sent his son, Israel's Messiah, and they rejected him as well. They had him crucified, and later God allowed the Romans to conquer Israel, and their people were scattered across the face of the earth. They remained a dispersed people for 1,900 years. In the book bearing his name, Isaiah in chapter 29 explains what God did to Israel because of their unbelief and idolatry. Pause and wonder. Bind yourselves and be blind. They are drunk, but not with wine. They stagger, but not with intoxicating drink. For the Lord has poured out on you the spirit of deep sleep and has closed your eyes namely the prophets, and he has covered your heads, namely the seers. The whole vision has become to you like the words of a book that is sealed, which men deliver to one who is literate, saying, Read this, please. And he says, I cannot, for it is sealed. Then the book is delivered to one who is illiterate, saying, Read this, please. And he says, I am not literate. Therefore the Lord said, Inasmuch as these people draw near to me with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but have removed their hearts far from me, and their fear for me is taught by the commandments of men. 
It is very clear from this portion of Isaiah that Israel as a nation was blinded to God's message to them. They chose to follow the commandments of men rather than God. Today they follow the Talmud, which is made up of the sayings of men. Rabbis gave their interpretation of the law, and then later rabbis gave their interpretation of what the previous rabbis had said. On a trip home from Israel one time, I sat next to a rabbinical student, and we were engaged in a conversation through which I was able to witness to him. One of the leading questions I asked was, how much time do you spend learning the Bible versus the Talmud? He responded by stating that about 85% of their time was spent learning the Talmud, and about 15% was spent learning the Bible. This is exactly what Isaiah meant when he said the message of the Bible was sealed, but they would obey what men said. Things have not changed in 2,700 years. Though many of Jewish people have returned to their homeland just as God predicted, as a nation, they have not turned back to God. What do they desire more than anything else? It's found in one simple word, peace. Yet, since they have become a nation, they have had no peace, only struggle, warfare, and terrorism. They are still desperately longing for it. This is the perfect setting for what the Word of God declares will take place in the end times. An individual will come upon the world scene who will promise worldwide peace. Daniel 9.27 says, Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week or seven years. He will promise the peace that the Jewish people have sought for for so long, and they will accept it. The only problem is that this is a false prophet offered by none other than the Antichrist himself. My point is very simple. The stage is now set for this end-time event to take place. The Jewish people have returned. They have their own land and are anxiously looking for peace. The stage is set, ready for the end-time drama to begin. There's another side to this story that affects you and me. God called the Jewish people first to be recipients of his word and message to mankind. Then they were to present, uh, preserve his word. Both of these things were faithfully done. The third thing where they were to do was to take God's message to the world. In this matter, they were a complete failure. However, God's plans are never thwarted by the failure of man. We learn about this in Romans 11. Paul begins by quoting Isaiah 29.10. In verse 5, just as it is written, God has given them a spirit of stupor, eyes that they should not see, and ears that they should not hear. To this very day. And David says, 
Let their table become a snare and a trap, a stumbling block and a recompense to them. Let their eyes be darkened, that they may not see, and bow down their backs always. Then the apostle continues in verse 11. I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? Certainly not, but through their fall, to provoke them to jealousy, salvation has come to the Gentiles. Now if their fall is riches for the world, and their failure riches for the Gentiles, how much more their fullness. For I speak to you Gentiles, inasmuch as I am an apostle to the Gentiles. I magnify my ministry. If by any means may provoke you to jealousy to those who are my flesh and save some of them. There are two points Paul is making here. The first is how you and I got in, how we got saved. He blinded their eyes and closed their eyes nationally. But God's plan to get his message out was not thwarted. Their blindness and deafness was used to benefit the entire world, for the gospel went out to the entire world. This is how God's message of grace reach you and me, and we came to know the Lord. God turned this rejection for him to get his message out to the entire world. Paul's second point is that we who know the Lord as their Savior are to reach out to our Jewish friends and try to reach them for the Lord. Remember, our testimony is to make them jealous of what we have. I remember a Jewish believer one time telling me that he got jealous of Christians when they were merrily singing Christmas carols. He loved them and desired in his heart to be able to sing them. Several years later, he came to know Christ, and now he sings them all year round. The challenge for us in these verses is that because God in his grace has allowed us as Gentiles to hear the gospel message and come to the Lord. We should seek to reach out to our individual Jewish friends with the gospel as well. Now going back to our original verses in Isaiah, does the blindness and deafness on the part of Israel for all these years mean that God is finished with them? Absolutely not. Paul gives us the answer to this in Romans 11, 25 to 27. For I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits. That hardness of heart in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And so all Israel will be saved. As it is written, the deliverer shall come out of Zion, and he will turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. Does this passage mean, as some believe and teach, that all Jewish people of all time will be saved? No. It is speaking of a specific time 
when the Messiah of Israel, Jesus, will return to the earth as a deliverer. When will that be? There are two passages of Scripture that make it very clear that this will occur when Christ will return to the earth. The first one is found in Matthew 24, 29, and 30. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of the Man will appear in heaven, and all of the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. The second passage is found in Zechariah 12, verses 10 to 13, 1. And I will pour on the house of, this, of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication. When they will look upon me, whom they have pierced, they will mourn for him as one mourns for his firstborn. In that day there should be a great mourning in Jerusalem, like the morning at Hadad-Rimmon in the plain of Megiddo. And the land shall mourn every family by itself, the family of the house of David by itself, and their wives by themselves, the family of the house of Nathan by itself, and their wives by themselves, the family of the house of Levi by itself, and their wives by themselves, the family of the house of Shimei by itself and their wives by themselves. All the families that remain, every family by itself, and their wives by themselves. In that day, a fountain shall be opened for the house of David and for the inhabitants of Jerusalem, for sin and for uncleanness. It becomes very clear then that at the end of the tribulation, after the two-thirds of the Jewish people have been killed. Those that remain will see Christ coming back to the earth and will mourn as a nation. Why? Because they will realize they have rejected him for so long. It is for this group that the fountain of God's grace will be opened. As a nation, their sins will be forgiven and they shall be saved. No longer will they be obeying the commandments of men, but they will be obedient to the word of God. The commandments of men are utterly useless. My friend, whose words are you depending upon to get you to heaven? Are you resting in the words of our God who told you good would work? Who told you to rest in the words of men who told you good works would get you there? Are you depending upon your baptism, church membership, or your generous giving to get you there? If you are, one day you will mourn even more than this Jewish remnant will. But for you, there will not be another chance. The day of God's grace will be over, and you will only face his eternal judgment. While you still have the opportunity, Will you trust Christ as your Savior now? 
I trust that the message you just heard will be a great blessing to you this next week. We are so thankful for your continuing listening and uh, encouragement in this ministry. Here at Kansas National Bible Hour, we're always concerned about the spiritual well-being of the people that actually listen to our broadcasts. That he thought about me, he loved me, he died for me, he rose again on the third day. The scriptures are really clear. It tells us that all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's not one of us who has committed even one sin in our life who can get into the presence of God. But the Lord Jesus Christ followed the will of the Father. When he came to earth, lived a sinless life, died on a cross for your sins and for my sins. He paid a penalty that we could not pay. He took the hell that we deserve for our own sin and put it on his own body. He died and he rose on the third day. He's alive. And if we have a sincere prayer, if we really want to confess our sins and realize that he is the only Savior in the world, we can put our faith and trust in him by praying a prayer, asking him to come into our life will be different because God will be in your life and will help you through the difficulties that you face. Remember to order your copy of the booklet on prayer. Write to Canada's National Bible Hour, Box 1210, St. Catharines, Ontario, L2R787, or in the United States at Box 2010, Buffalo, New York, 14231. And you can hear past broadcasts on our website, at www.missiongo.org, M-I-S-S-I-O-N-G-O dot O-R-G. You can also find us on MGO Radio online. It's a 24-hour service with Christian music and messages. May the Lord bless you this next week, 